Blog Talk Radio. All right, sister, I got it. Well, praise God. Let's, let's worship the Lord now. Let's stand together, take a red song book. Let's turn to number one. Number one, I always like singing this one. Oh, hail the fire, Jesus' name. Hail the fire of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him. Lord of all, bring forth the royal diadem and round him, Lord of all. He chosen seed of Israel's grace, he ransomed from the fall. Hail him who saved you by his grace and crown him. Amen. 
Uh, I hope the Lord's bless you. I hope your week's been all right so far. If not, then I hope it gets better. Amen. One way or the other. But I'm glad to be saved tonight, aren't you? I'll tell you what, our world's in a mess, isn't it? <clears throat> I'm tell you, our country is, I feel like our country is being strangled to death. And uh, and financially, we're being strangled to death. And, and uh, it can't keep going the way it's going. We'll get to the breaking point. We need to really pray that God takes care of us in the midst of all this. He took care of it. He took care of Israel in the midst of in the midst of all they went through. And God can take care of His church. God take care of His people. We need to be praying and asking God. And I'm thankful that tonight's message is along those lines. God's always timely. God's word's always on time. And uh, I want to encourage you tonight. That's why we come to church is to get encouraged in the Word of God. You watch the news, you get discouraged. But if you if you look into the Word of God, you'll find out, hey, we're on the winning side still. It make no difference what they say. Um, I do want to share this thought too. I have, I saw a friend of mine posted on Facebook today about, you know, he 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 would give his life to be able to be in a room alone with Putin for five minutes. And he said, I'll spare you the gory details of what I would do. And I thought to myself, that better claims to be a Christian. I know he does. And well, that's not the attitude we ought to have. Because Putin, as much as Putin's a bad guy, he's not the one pulling the, the strings. There's somebody pulling Putin's strings. There's, there's, there's people higher than all the leaders of these countries. There's people that control things behind the scenes that they do their bidding. And so, you know, we, what it ought to tell us is we're this much closer to the Lord's return. We're this much closer to getting out of this world and going to heaven forever. And I rejoice over that. I don't dread that. I don't. I don't wish it away. I say, come on, Lord. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Amen. So, having said all that, we need to pray because people still need help right now in this hour. The prayer request we need to take to the Lord tonight. What do we got? Okay. All right. All right. Others? Anybody? Have you heard anything on her? Okay. Anybody else? Prayer request. I'm sorry. Okay. Anybody else? Prayer request. Um, Scott had a request that he made this week, and he didn't want me to just tell everybody everything about it, but it's to do with his son, Taylor, and their family up there. And just pray for them. God knows what the need is. Pray for the whole family. Um also, remember to pray for my friend Carl Cullen. He, was, he's, uh, he had a little minor setback, but he's still doing good. Pray for him. Uh, I did see it. I saw a post on the way over here of Erica's mom in the hospital, and she was giving two thumbs up. So she's doing better, and she's letting everybody know that. And we just praise God. We've been praying for her. And uh, also, I'm a wife's cousin's husband. Pray for him. Um, I'm trying to think. I always forget the ones I'm supposed to be remembering. I don't know why my memory does that. But anyway, y'all pray for me. I remember things a little better than I do. But but anyway, God knows the ones we forget. And so let's lift let's let's lift all these requests up to the throne. Robert leads some prayer. Amen. You can be seated. <laughs> Thank you. 
Cole mentioned to you, I just, I've been thinking about we need to do the Lord's Supper. I think we're going to do the Lord's Supper this Sunday night. That's all right with y'all? Okay. I think we'll do that this Sunday night. All right, let's turn to number 67, at Calvary. At Calvary. Here's my satisfaction and pride. Daring not my Lord was crucified. Knowing not it was to me he died on Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burden took on liberty at Calvary. I got word at last I said I learned. Then I trembled at the wall I'd burn. Till my guilty soul and pouring her
Well, anything you try to do for the Lord that he requires you to do, you can't do it without him. You can go through motions and you can pretend like you're doing something, but you're not going to accomplish anything without his power and his strength. His spirit will either do it through you or you won't get it done. Amen. All right, let's look at the Bible tonight. Psalm chapter 143. Psalm 143. <coughs> Jackie, I'm going to have your Bible by Sunday, I promise you. I ain't been to Paris so I had, or I had the time to do it, but I promise you I'm going to get it done. Uh, we're going to get some gift award Bibles ordered where we have Bibles here to give people when they get saved. They don't sense them getting somebody saved and leaving them helpless without a Bible. We need to give them a Bible. And I feel like we can spend the money and put their name on it and then feel like, hey, I got something that belongs to me. Amen. Uh, and we spend money on a lot of things. We ought to spend it on the Word of God. And uh, and I'm and I was going to say too. I know we talked about it a little bit. We need to meet. Actually, uh, I mean, I guess officially talking about our missionaries because uh, you know I talked talked to you a little bit about when Leo was here. I, I want us to help that man. I want to help him reach people. And I, and I feel like we ought to be able to get some some inexpensive Bibles to give that filler so that when somebody leaves there, they leave there with the Word of God. Now, I know we can't fund every one of them he does, but we can sure put some in his hands where he'll have some. He gets some from other places, too, but I think that's the best thing we can do to help his ministry. The crosses, he, they're not something he has to buy, just the Bibles. He has to get those from somewhere. So anyway, I just I said all that to get into the message tonight. Let's get into chapter, chapter 143 of Psalms. And as you remember... Uh, Psalm 140, Psalm 141, Psalm 142, and Psalm 143 are all connected together. And these are all uh, David's cries to God in his hour of despair. And we're going we're gonna to look at this tonight. And, I, and I'm going to tell you, God's Word is always on time. It's always on time. His Word reads like a newspaper, just like a current headline. So many times. And in this day, in this hour that we're living in, people are... People have got a lot of questions. What are we going to do? What's what are we fixing to face? How bad is it going to get? What, what's going to happen? Are we going to face nuclear war? I mean, is this World War Three? What's fixing to happen? A lot of people get anxiety and, and paranoid about it. But I want to give you this tonight, and I hope this will help you a little bit. Uh, but anyway, let's read tonight. This is David talking to the Lord, and he says, verse 1 there, Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my supplications. In thy faithfulness answer me and in thy righteousness. And enter not into judgment with thy servant, for in thy sight shall no man living be justified. For the enemy hath persecuted my soul. He hath smitten my life down to the ground. He hath made me to dwell in darkness as those that have been long dead. Therefore is my spirit overwhelmed within me. My heart within me is desolate. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all thy works. I muse on the work of thy hands. I stretch forth my hands unto thee. My soul thirsteth after thee as a thirsty land. Salah. Hear me speedily, O Lord, my spirit faileth. Hide not thy face from me, lest I be like unto them that go down into the pit. Cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning. For in thee do I trust. Cause me to know the way wherein I should walk, for I lift my soul unto thee. Deliver me, O Lord, from mine enemies. I flee to thee, unto thee to hide me. Teach me 
to do thy will, for thou art my God. Thy spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. Quicken me, O Lord, for thy name's sake, for thy righteousness' sake. Bring my soul out of trouble. And of thy mercy cut off mine enemies, and destroy all them that afflict my soul, for I am thy servant. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his words tonight. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I come before you tonight, Lord, just like I have so many times. I remind you, Lord, I know you know, but I'm, I'm helpless without you. I know that. I know, Lord, there's nothing in me that's any good except what your spirit has worked and done in me. I know, Lord, that I'm your vessel, Lord, I pray you clean me tonight. Make me appropriately fit for this message tonight, Father. I pray you clean this vessel and fill it, Lord, with your power, with your spirit, with your words, with your wisdom. Lord, use me. I yield myself as much as I possibly can. And I pray that the Spirit of God speak through me tonight to glorify Jesus, to lift up, Lord, your magnificent power, your mercy, and your grace. Help me tonight, Lord, to be a vessel of honor for you. Work in the lives of all these in the congregation tonight and all those who join us uh, by means of, uh, of technology, Father. We pray tonight that you touch them too. Holy Spirit of God, speak to their hearts. Lord, we live in an hour of uncertainty. We need you right now. We pray now for this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. All right. Well, praise God. I'm thankful tonight for God. Amen, because this world is fraught with disasters and trials and troubles. And, you know, it's, it's, I, I've noticed something here lately. A lot, of people, a lot of people are waking up to what's going on. A lot of people are waking up more and more at a more rapid rate now than ever have been. And there's a lot of people still asleep. And they, they just look at the world and say, you know, everybody's just crazy. What's that confusion? Nothing makes sense. A lot of people look at the world like that. Well, if you don't know what's coming, it won't make sense. If you still think that we'll democratically elect leaders and they make decisions based on their concern for their constituents, you're delusional. There are people who get selected and they work for their bosses above them and they don't give a rip about you and I. That's the honest truth. And they try to stay in office so they can get rich. But but they answer the bosses we hire them. And this world is, is run by the God of this age. The Bible calls him the God of this world. He's a little G-God. His name's Satan, and God's given him an rope. He's, he's about to uh, uh, assemble his world. He's about to assemble his kingdom for seven years on this earth. It's about to take place. We're very, very close, and people are, people are nervous, and rightly so. But I want you to know something tonight. God's children should not be upset. We should not be nervous. We should be excited because the Lord's coming is near. And I'm thankful to be washed in his blood. I'm thankful that I'm saved. I'm thankful that I have a home in heaven. I'm thankful that, that I'm not going to have to suffer, amen, unduly like the lost because I'm I'm a child of God. Can I just say something to you, though? Tonight, I, I, I want to get to the message here. Me or you, anybody who claims to be a child of God, who tries to deal with their troubles, is going to face disaster. If you try to handle your troubles based on what you know, you're going to face disaster. If you face, if you try to face your troubles based on what you feel, you're going to face disaster. Why is that, preacher? Well, it's very simple. You and I do not know how to navigate these waters. You and I ain't never been out there before. 
we don't know what we're doing. We're not smart enough to figure out what's going on in the world always and make the right choices and right decisions. But can I say to you, even though me plus trouble equals disaster, me plus troubles plus God's mercy and grace equals victory. Amen? Because when I get God involved, and God, and I turn to him and say, God, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to make a mess. I'm going to make a wreck. I'm going to crash. Oh, God, I need you right now. In this hour of my darkness and my troubles, God, take my hand and lead me out of this. When I do that, God applies his mercy. God applies his grace. And suddenly the load gets lighter on my shoulders because he's taking it on his. And I can go. And I can find rest in him. And I can follow him out. Amen. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. Amen. Uh, number one, let's go to the scriptures tonight. I want you to look at verse three because David, David is. Let's, let's read verses one and two first. He said, "Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my supplication. Lord, hear me. I'm talking to you. Give ear unto me when I'm crying and pleading with you about those are supplications. That's beyond just the normal, average, everyday prayer for things. That's when we're down on our knees pleading with God." He says, he says, to hear me, Lord, and, and my, give ear to my supplications when I'm crying to you. He said, in thy faithfulness, Lord, he's, he's reminding God. God doesn't need reminders because God knows who he is and what he is. But David is reminding God that he's a faithful God. You know why? God likes to hear his people say, you're a faithful God. Amen. God wants to hear his people say, you're holy, you're righteous, you're pure, you're perfect, you're awesome, you're wonderful. He likes to hear, listen, there ain't a child in this world, I mean, there ain't a parent in this world that doesn't like for their child to look to them and say, I love you. Amen. Nothing makes you feel more joy in this world than to have your child look at you and say, I love you with all my heart, and give you a big kiss and a hug, and there's just no better feeling. When you know it's real and sincere, don't you think God wants the same from us? I think he does. God wants us to come to him and, 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 to, and, to, and to say to him, I know you're good. I know you love me. I know. And because of I know these things, that's why I come to you, because I know you'll answer me, because I know you're faithful. Amen? He said, and in my righteous, because not only because you're faithful, but because you're perfect. You're pure. You're righteous. You're, you're, you're absolutely... It, 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 Perfect in every way, so I know that you're going to honor your word. Verse 3, number 1. David complains about his state of mind as the result of the oppression of his enemies. David has, David has been going through persecution that has weighted him down mentally. It's weighted his soul down. It's crushed him as a being. Let's look at verse 3. He said, for the enemy has persecuted my soul. Now, y'all know we're a three-part being, right? That's right. You are body, soul, and spirit. Everybody can see y'all's body tonight. Y'all see my body. And then when we came in, we shook hands, we spoke to one another. My soul interacted with your soul. Okay? And my spirit, I can't interact with you with my spirit. You can feel present to my spirit. And he said, he said, the enemy has persecuted my soul. So his soul 
what, guess what you do when your soul is persecuted? You withdraw. Right? You're under attack, so you withdraw. That's a natural reaction of a person's soul to withdraw when they're being attacked. And, and he says, he said, he has smitten my life down to the ground. He felt completely destroyed. He felt completely obliterated. He felt completely helpless. I mean, if you're beat down to the ground, there's no more strength left in you, all right? That's where David felt like he was. He said, who's my enemy? The devil is your enemy. The devil is com- completely... Uh, do everything he can to try to stop your growth progress in the Lord because he hates your guts and he'd destroy you if he could. He is he is the destroyer. Amen. He's a thief. Amen. He cannot but see but to, but to steal, kill, and destroy, he is nothing but a thief. And he wants to destroy me and you. He he'll smite you down and he'll keep on keeping on until you turn to the one who he can't defeat. He said that he has made me to dwell in darkness. Listen to what he says in verse 5, talking about that very thing. 
He said, I remember the days of old. Do you know what he's thinking about him? He's thinking about when he wasn't down at the bottom. He's remembering how it was when he was, he was on the mountaintop with God. He said, I meditate on all thy work. I look back on everything you've done. I see how your hand moved and shaped me and guided me and loved me and protected me. I see all that, Lord. I meditate on all thy works and, and I muse on the work of thy hands. Instead of thinking about everything that's wrong and why it's wrong and how it's wrong, think about what you've done. And that's what saves me from despair. Because I, I look not at what the enemy's doing to me, but what you've done in my life. And I remember where my help lies. I said, number one, he tells God. Number two, he prays. And he prays earnestly. That word earnestly, I know it's an old-timey word, but it means against everything. He doesn't hold anything back. He pulls, like I said before, he pulls the plug and lets it all come forth out. He doesn't hold anything back. Now, I mean, why would we ever hold anything back from God? God knows everything anyway. It's kind of silly of us to think we can't tell God something because he already knows. So we might as well be honest. We can't be with anybody. We'll be honest with God because there ain't no hiding anything from him. The only reason we hide from him is when we're ashamed to go to him and even when we're ashamed to go to him, we need to go to him and get it out and open and get it over with because I can promise you something. Listen to me now. The devil wants you to say, Please don't wait around. Please come to my 
like them to go down into the pit. He said, I, he said, Lord, if you don't help me soon, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to perish. I really feel like it. He prays, and he prays earnestly. Second of all, that he would not deal with him according to his sins. I'm thankful tonight. Listen to me. I'm so thankful for the blood of my Savior. I'm so thankful that he was so merciful that he loved me in spite of all the wickedness in my life and in spite of all of the horrible things that the Lord knows I've done in my life. God still loves me. God's forgiven me. He's washed me clean and he loves me and I don't know why. I have a hard time loving me. I do because I know what I am. And I hate that part of me. I hate my flesh. I don't feel like that. I just hate my flesh. Your flesh will get you in trouble. Your flesh will hold you back. Your flesh will hurt you. I do. I just. I don't. I don't hate myself, but I hate my flesh. I hate what my flesh does. I hate the sin that my that my flesh leans to. I hate that. And I'm thankful that God doesn't deal with me according to my sins. I'm thankful that my sins are under the blood of Jesus. That when God looks down at me, He doesn't see my sins. He sees his son. He sees the righteousness of Christ. He sees the blood covering me. And he sees that I'm forgiven. He sees Jesus when he looks at me. He sees Jesus when he looks at you. We are in Christ. He's covered us. We are, we're saved. And God can't see our sin anymore. He said, Lord... He was saying to him, Lord, please, I'm, I, don't judge me because of my sin because can't nobody stand in your sight because you're righteous, you're perfect, you're pure, and nobody can stand in your sight. I thank God that he doesn't look at us that way because of Christ. Thirdly on this, what is he praying? He's praying that he wouldn't hide his face from me. Verse 7, hear, hear me speedily, O Lord, my spirit. Say, hide not thy face from me. Again, Lord, please don't delay. Lord, please don't. I don't want anything to come between me and you, Lord. Please, you've got to answer me now. He's praying, Lord, urgent. Please, Lord, please don't wait. He's needy. Well, I've been that way. I don't know about you. Have you ever been that way? Well, you just look at him. You've got to answer me now. I don't know what I'll do if you don't answer me. I'm thankful to God, to God that hears. He prays that God would manifest his favor to him, that God would bless him, that he would pour out his blessing on him. Verse 8, he says, Cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning. Well, the first thing in the morning is get that reason. Before you ever turn a television set on, it's a good time to read your Bible. Before you ever check your Facebook, it's a good time to read your Bible. Before you ever, you ever look at your email, it's a good time to read your Bible. Before you ever check your text messages, it's a good time to read your Bible. Before you get in a deep conversation with somebody else, it's a good time to read your Bible. You know why? You're putting God in first place. Where he belongs. You're giving, you're giving the first of your day to God. Now, am I going to stand and tell you I've done that every day of my life? No. I failed lots of times. But does that mean, does that negate the fact that that's the best time to get with God? First, early in the morning for everybody else? No, that's still true. Amen? <clears throat> he says, cause me to hear it in the morning. You know, if I start off my day with God, and everything's got to be good from there on out. 
But if I start my day out in my own way, I, I started off on the wrong foot. I can't, I can't help but think things are not going to go like they should if Dad's not involved. I didn't ask him to go with me. If nothing, God, if nothing God ever leaves, if nothing God just abandons me, well, if I don't say, God, go with me today, he doesn't feel like I want him there. I just said, I'm going to do my thing. I'll catch you later. God's with us always. Are we ignoring? That ain't the way to be. He's praying, God, please bless me. Friend, thee I trust. He should cause me to know the way I should walk. Okay, so let's look at verse. Let's look at, let's look at uh, number four. He's praying that God would guide him and direct him in the way of his duty or his service to God. Listen to verse 8. Look at it again. Cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning, for in thee do I trust. Cause me to know the way wherein I should walk. That when he says I should walk, he doesn't mean, you know, whether I whether I should take this path to town or this path to town. I mean, it's not necessarily that simple. When he says the way I should walk, the word walk in the Bible typically means our conversation. And that word conversation doesn't just mean the way we talk. It means a accumulation of how we live and conduct our life. My way of living, my way of doing things, it's my way that I'm based upon my To the reality that this is God's world, not mine. I mean, when I, when I realize that God's the one called the shot and it's His plan, it's not mine. I need to I need to say, hey God, maybe I ought to get in tune with what You're doing instead of keep trying to ask You to get in tune with what I'm doing. <clears throat> he wants Him to direct you. Why? Because He finds Himself in despair and depressed, right? He just does it His own way, and God where He's at, and saying, God, get me out of here. I want you to be a success. 
I don't want you to get out here and just live for you and go drink and party and sleep around and do a bunch of dope and kill yourself. Don't, no, don't do that. We don't want that. We want to do that. And God doesn't want us to live our life in our own sin, in our own sinful way. He wants us to follow his word and do it right. He says, my spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. Now, that ain't a country. That's a, that's, that's a, that land of uprightness comes from the Word of God. I, I, I was saying one, two, three, and four. I actually got these A, B, C, D, E. So I guess I'm an E. All right, that's, that's number five. He prays that he would deliver him out of his troubles. Look at verse nine. Verse 9 says, Deliver me, O Lord, from mine enemies. I flee unto thee to hide me. Now look at verse 11. Quicken me, O Lord, for thy name's sake, for thy righteousness', righteousness sake, bring my soul out of trouble. I got to looking back. I was just sitting there for a minute. Actually, I was on the phone. I was texting with my, my preacher buddy at Paris, Mike Clark, when I was doing this, and I had to look down. I, I realized that was verse 9 and 11, and I thought, 911. He's praying that God would deliver him out of his troubles. 911. That's God 911. Amen. It's God 911 number right here in Psalm 143. Look what he's saying. He's saying, Lord, deliver me. Isn't that why people call 911? I'm in a mess. Help me. Help, help, help. Deliver me. Deliver me, Lord, for thy name's sake. And let me deliver me from my enemy. Somebody's attacking me. Somebody's after me. Lord, help. I flee under thee to hide me. Listen, when the cops show up, People, they, 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 we're going to be okay. The cops are here. They got it. You know? You get where the cops are, the cops are handling. You, you're safe, right? When you call 911. Well, listen, we got to hold the God, and God gets involved. We're safe. God's got it. He said, quicken me in verse 11. It means revive me. Quicken me, O Lord, for thy name's sake, for thy righteousness' sake. Bring my soul out of trouble. Now, people call 911. They say, oh, he's not
God is the only source of his refuge. He's the only one he calls out to. He's asking for revival in verse 11. I wish somebody around here would ask for revival. I wish we'd all start asking for revival. I wish we'd all start crying out to God for revival. If we start doing that, we'd see revival happen. It's not something you can schedule on the calendar. It's something that starts when you hit your knees and you cry out to God for it. He wants to do things according to God's will. He knows that that's the way to victory. That's why he's praying for God to deliver him. And, and lastly, number six, I guess, he's praying that he would, in, that God would, in due time, reckon with his enemies or his persecutors. In other words, he's asking God to deal with them. Look at verse twelve. He said, "And of thy mercy, not of thy mercy toward his enemies, but of his mercy toward him, Lord, cut off my enemies." You know what that means? Kill them, Lord. Kill my enemies. Cut them off. That means they're dead. That's harsh. How dare he say that? But listen to what he says. Cut off my enemies and destroy. Destroy all them that afflict my soul. For I am thy servant. He's not asking it. Lord, you do it because I said so. You do it because I'm a tough guy. I can't have it. You want to have it for me so I don't look bad. Or he's not saying any other reason than the fact that I'm your child and they're after me, God. My father, help me. Just like, you know, whether it's a horn or a bar, I'm out of here like that. 
Amen. I'm not worried, and you shouldn't either. These are exciting times we live in. We are the generation that's going to see the coming of the Lord, I do believe. And I mean, what a, what a privilege that is to be in that company. Amen. So let's be looking up, and while we're looking up, and while we're expecting his return, we need to drop the gospel plow, and we need to bust up some ground, because people are going to die and go to hell. Once we're gone, who's going to witness them? Nobody. Their hearts will be hardened anyway. We need to do it now. The time is, the time is short. We've got to make do. We've got we to make, make use of our time while we have it, because someday we're going to want to hand him gifts. Someday we're going to want to give him glory. And rewards. And if we don't have it, we don't have it. Now's the time. Let's make use of our time. Let's stand together. <clears throat> I just want y'all to know I love y'all. And I know sometimes I hit the same hit the same nail over and over and over. But it's all because I want you to I want you to catch it. I want you to get it. I want I want I want you to say, you know what? Tomorrow, God is my help, God is my witness. I'm gonna open my mouth and talk to somebody about Jesus. And I don't know if you're doing it or not. I can't, I can't say I don't know, but I hope you are. And if you're not, I hope you're thinking about it. And if you're not thinking about it, I hope you get convicted and start thinking about it. Because it's, it's the most important thing to God. Do you know that? It's the very most important thing to God. Above everything. God's not worried about climate change. God's going to wipe this whole world out with fire someday. I can promise you, it ain't going to be the polar ice caps melting. It's going to be the fire of God. That's what's going to do it. So, best thing we can do is not worry about what's going on in government, going on in countries and places with leaders we can't do a single thing about. Let's just focus on those that are right in front of us that God has put there. And let's do what we can in His help and His power for God to bring people into the kingdom. Amen? I'm letting you out early. Make note of it, Robert. All right. Praise God. Good. I'm glad to have church with you tonight. Love you. Hope the Lord blesses you. And uh, be good to somebody. Tell somebody that God loves them this week. Amen? All right. Let's go, Lord, and prayer be dismissed. All right. Brother Dan, why don't you dismiss us back here? Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.